Did you were you able to get your your home pod stuff or your uh, house? What's it called? Home bridge. Well, so here's what I can't tell. I can't tell if this is a plus or not. Other than my internet being very intermittent, in that a couple times a night it might just stop and reboot. And almost any time I go to look into it, almost guarantees that it's gonna like reboot the router and it doesn't even reboot the router it just sort of like stops all traffic for about three minutes and Ah. then it resumes and i couldn't figure out what it was so i looked at the logs on the router and i saw two mac addresses that were not on the list of connected devices so i was like okay well whatever it is it's these two things because it kept saying whatever the error mode error code was uh, authentication error or something like that so I was like, OK, something's something on my network either doesn't have the password anymore or something, but I don't know what these things are. So I found a website that you can search. I guess the first six characters of a MAC address usually are pretty standard for manufacturers. Uh-huh. So you could like take the first six characters of your Nest thermostat, plug it into this MAC address finder, and it will uh, tell you, oh, this is a Nest Labs item. And you're like, oh, right. All right. I guess that's kind of cool. So uh, these two devices, I could not figure out what they were. And finally, one of my reboots, because I never saw them in the device list. One of my reboots of the router, they showed up. So I took screen grabs real quick. And it showed up as Intel computer and iPhone 8. I was like, what the hell? I don't, I definitely don't have an iPhone 8 in the house. And I don't have, other than like my Mac, but my Mac is on the list of devices. There's no Intel products in the house unless like, but my smart TV has an entry that doesn't say Intel computer. You know what I mean? So I was sure. like, what, what does it think this Intel thing is? And then I realized it's got to have something to do with the way that Homebridge works because especially iPhone eight, I should have been able to search those first six letters of the Mac address. And it should have said, Oh, this is an Apple product. Right. So it's basically seems that the way that Homebridge works, and I didn't, I I just can't with GitHub. It's too nerdy for me. So (laughs) I don't, unless it tells me, and I didn't go to GitHub. It it keeps telling me, if you want to learn more about this, go to GitHub. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, I guess I'm not learning about it. Um, (laughs) Homebridge told me how to install Homebridge. I installed Homebridge. It worked perfectly. And I think I told people like, I could buy the little Raspberry Pi thing that's already pre-set up with Homebridge for $90 and be out and be done out the door and not worry about sure. it. But I don't want to pay $90. I could do it for free myself. And if it had failed in any like downloading repositories, if if the terminal commands I was copying and pasting from the browser ever gave me some issue, I would have said, fuck it, I'll pay $90 for the thing. But everything <laughs> worked exactly how it had to work all the way through uh-huh. to the end. And the thing, here's where I say, I can't tell if this is good or bad. Anytime I called up Siri to set the thermostat in the home, never told me she couldn't connect. And anytime I called up my front door, 100% always was able to see the front door in HomeKit. So from that standpoint, from a user standpoint, it always worked. Even if something on the back end was not working necessarily correctly, it's like that thing where... I know something's wrong with the network and I'm going to go fix it. But Susie never would have told me, hey, this isn't working. You need to fix it because she never would have noticed the thermostat was working and the front door was working. So 
I can't tell if that's good or bad. I mean, the bad part is that the network was randomly resetting. But the good part is, from a front-end standpoint, there were no issues. <laughs> so I can't. Right. I don't know if that makes for a good product or not. Uh, but I yeah. did notice if I logged into the HomeBridge user interface, I could see that it was having some authentication issues with logging into both Ring and Google servers. So I'm not sure what that's about, but. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like you've done your due diligence and trying to figure it out. Um, and I hate that stuff. Technical stuff just happens and you can't figure it out. I mean, in, in your scenario, I mean, I guess it's it's like partially working. So it's like half right. Yes, I'm so glad you did it. This is <laughs> Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> Feed me that one, man. <laughs> we didn't even I, I, like halfway through. I was like, if he doesn't take this, I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, right. Slap me to get there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, now that everybody's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. I know all the tech talk. <laughs> well, yes, hey, all right. <laughs> OK, then I'm going to I'm going to drop this little. I told you I had a tasty treat. Oh, man, I'm excited you. for this tasty treat. Dude. What is uh, 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 there's one bit of audio that we've returned to over and over again where we're like, fuck, that was just so good. Oh, my God. I can't believe how good that was. Oh, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I can't wait. Like, I wish we had a better recording of it. Well, I found this website a while ago. I forget who pointed me to it. Somebody on Chorus FM pointed me to it. This guy, Fishy Recordings, has a bunch of Jimmy World bootlegs. And while doing the research for this episode, I was like, let me see if this guy recorded a show around when the stay on my side EP came out. Uh Uh-huh. Sure enough, this show is from November of 2005, a month after the EP, the physical release of the EP came out. So I was like, okay, well let me listen to kill and see if they introduce it in any way. Now they don't introduce it and they don't say anything after kill. Okay. And I'm like, okay, because they didn't play half right. They did play kill though, which references heat miser and we'll mention that a lot on this episode so then i go to the song before it because you know when i cut up live concerts like when i cut up the velvet jones one yeah. i i use the mark tom and travis show as the uh standard for where you start tracks so you know what i mean like yeah sure jokes up until the moment they start that first note exactly exactly so kill yes would start right when kill starts so that means at the end of for me this is heaven which was the track they played right before it would be uh if they talked about kill or the ep that just came out or anything like that it would be right there no sure nothing so uh then i realized wait a minute this was around the time that they this was futures tour time let me listen to the intro and the intro is actually some guy introducing the band and it's this poem. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not the one. And then I look at the next track and it says Futures Intro. And Justin, Whoa. it's a bored recording of that okay. incredible Futures Intro. Okay, okay. So that's what we're going to listen to. A minute and a half yes, of this. A bored right. recording of it, yeah. Here we go. Ha, 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 ha. 
then it goes right into futures, huh? It goes right into for me, this is heaven. <laughs> oh, okay. It's so sick. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, yeah. wait. It was really interesting. This goes right into for me, this is heaven. Yes. So if you want, I mean, fuck it, we're already here, right? Um, let me uh, send you the link to that. What year was this so, recorded? This is 2005? Yeah, November 11th, 2005. So here's right where it goes into For Me, This Is Heaven. I mean the the futures uh it's so <laughs> the futures 10th anniversary tour that's how they introduced futures wasn't it uh it sounded so familiar the maybe. way that they let's did let's see that. if this guy did futures 10th anniversary tour no he no? only has okay. recordings up to October 2010 okay that intro yeah. sounds so familiar to me I mean I know we might have heard it in a couple well, of other so episodes well so they but. did the the teaser that they did for um, the Phoenix Sessions for the Futures Phoenix Sessions used that piano riff and everyone was losing their shit when the trailer came out because they're like, oh my God, that's what they did for the Futures right. Tour. Um, but I'm trying to remember what they did for the Futures Anniversary Tour if they opened the show that way. If then they went... Um, but yeah, I just don't know. Off the top of my head. Right. And it, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Go back to the Futures episode and... Uh, yeah right (laughs) (laughs) um second so last week was new religion or was no two weeks ago was new religion and uh i guess we as of recording it was just this past friday that new religion came out right yep today's tuesday the fourth may the fourth be with us all two (laughs) weeks ago after this episode came out um so only four days ago did our new religion episode come out where we learned of this show at Tower Records on Sunset in October of 97 that maybe Jimmy Eat World played, maybe they didn't. Nothing on Setlist FM that proved that they did, except for this article that mentioned them, right? Well, Damon from Phoenix TX, who was River Phoenix at the time, literally just yesterday, Monday the 3rd, posted that he has a recording of them, video recording of that show, and confirm that Jimmy Eat World played. Now, I don't know if Jimmy Eat World is on this video, if only River Phoenix's set is on this video. But he happened to post a big box of tapes that he had, one of which was this Duran Duran show. And how insane is that? I know, right? The timing is is <laughs> mind-boggling. <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even have well, I wouldn't have looked at his thing if the guy from Homegrown that we were talking to on Reddit right. hadn't right. tipped me off and said, Hey, Damon just posted this thing about the show. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get a copy of it. Um, and so I go to Damon's page and then there's the tape that says Duran Duran Tribute Sitting show. right there. Right right column. Yeah, third one down. So Duran Duran Tribute Show, October Duran 12th, Duran. 1997. So yeah, all kinds of craziness. Um, so hopefully that that surfaces because I, I uh, implored Damon to release the tape and he liked every post that i did i shared the story and begged him to release it i commented twice uh i I replied to a comment and commented 
and Damon liked both of those. So hopefully <laughs> that is way up on his list of priorities. That I really, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. One can only hope. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, our Patreon episode, I know a preview went out, but it, uh, 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 as of when this comes out last week, we released, uh, I think a really good Patreon, Patreon it episode. It was a lot of fun. The INF Jimmy pod episode, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, with Kimberly, uh, from the discord. And, uh, that was really fun. And I hope everybody can check that out. And, uh, oh, also in doing the research for this song today, I found an old archive of all of the videos that Jimmy Eat World used to host on their site. So I downloaded everything Whoa. in the event that these ever got pulled. And so that's a bunch of media we'll be able to dig through soon. Blogs, blog posts, videos, all this stuff. It's great. I'm very excited to dig through it. Um, and was that in like somebody's private uh, private possession? No, it was on archive? a Wayback Machine. Okay. Wayback Machine. Right. Just had to look at the right dates. Perfect. Because uh, I think the the in my research tab, I'm linking to like a 2001 version of their website um, because they had a discography page where they had the blurbs. Um, sure. But for some reason today, I was like, well, let me go to the 2005 version of the website and see what they said about the EP release for Stay On My Side Tonight. And the website had a complete full redesign, had a full blog that <laughs> Jim and Zach would post to <laughs> and uh, a bunch of video content um behind the scenes stuff interviews it's great so i'm very excited to dig into that stuff sick so here we are half anything else for housekeeping no 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 man i got nothing else sick half right from the stay on my side tonight ep track four of five uh produced by jimmy eat world in arn van peachum did you look up arn van peachum at all i did not me neither let's look at let's look up his names oh oh that's styrofoam Oh, Arn that's Van... the additional. Uh, yeah, so additional, interesting. Uh, I wonder why his name was attached to this song in particular, unless I was reading the liner notes. Inc- oh, you'll see also later that the liner notes are all over the place on this EP. Um, I pulled a big blurb that I'm going to read from Stitches and Grooves about the liner notes to this album. So it very could be that Arn. Uh, maybe the two tracks that were not produced by Jimmy Eat World and Mark Trombino were Jimmy Eat World and Arn Van Peachum, uh, respect, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so Half Right was recorded at Unit 2, the release date of September 13, 2005, digitally, and October 4th, 2005, on CD. And then January 8th, 2016, was a vinyl repress. Uh, writing credits, this blew my mind. I was today years old. When I realized that Elliot Smith was in Heat Miser. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude. And I went back. I did. I finally got Phrase Find working again. And I go through our archive just to see what anybody's ever said about Heat Miser. You continuously said Elliot Smith when you would mention Heat Miser. And yeah. I thought you were just giving a general <laughs> sense of how the song sounded. Ne- I, literally today years old when I realized Elliot Smith. <laughs> it it uh, didn't, never sunk in, huh? So Neil Gust... <laughs> And Elliot Smith of yes. Heat Miser wrote this song. Uh, there is a Heat Miser version of the song, obviously, and there is an Elliot Smith solo version of the song. Uh, I figure we'll probably listen to. Um, yeah. Jim singing it. Uh, ah, shit. I didn't get as far as the label or the duration. Notable high note, G4. Notable low note, E3. 
and I had no information that they ever played it. I was trying to find something, but I did not uh, see that they ever played it live. I guess there was one article, but I felt like it was just somebody trying to fill space that said, uh, uh, Jimmy Eat World known to play Half Right, and they even recorded it for their Stay On My Side tonight EP, but I couldn't find any proof that they ever played it live. Um, and so that's what I have in terms of stats of the song. Shall we look at lyrics? Sure. So just to give like a, a timeline of when these versions came out, Heat Miser's version came out in 1995. We have this Jimmy Eat World Thank version you. in 2005. And then the Elliott Smith on the New Moon album, the posthumous release was 2007 because he did pass away. Uh, yeah, in 2004. Four? Oh, I thought it was 2003 for some reason. Uh, Do I have it down as 2003? Have I, have I messed this up? Let's see. Uh, you are absolutely right. It is... He, he passed away in October of 2003. So you're right. We're talking about Elliot Smith. For some reason, I knew people in high school that were into Elliot Smith, and I felt like they were into him because he had passed away. Like, I, I just, I always, I thought Elliot Smith had always been dead. Like, I just oh, never yeah. <laughs> knew of him as a living artist. Like, he just always was and always was dead. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't know how I ever put that together. Like, even I feel like we knew about the wall in Silver Lake that he had taken his, uh, the, uh, the figure eight album released April 18th, 2000. When I was in high school, I, I guess we just always knew about that. What the Elliot Smith wall, and it's still the Elliot Smith wall it's become this like de facto memorial for him. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a trip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I and know, like, I, what did you, so what's I, your relationship with Elliot Smith? All right. So I listened to the, the girl that I was dating at the time. She got me into a, a different genre of music. So I'm into Jimmy Eat world at the time. This is like, I, let's say early to mid two thousands that we were, we were kind of like friends and dating and so I was listening to Jimmy Eat World at that time. That's when I got into Futures. And she was introducing me into like David Gray. And of course, there's the punk rock bands that she had introduced me to. I was, I, I can't remember exactly how I came across it. Uh, but I was searching. I want to say it was probably on peer to peer, like listening to music. And somehow I came across Elliot Smith. And again, this was after he had passed away. This is probably 2005. So he had been, you know, he had passed away a couple of years ago. And I came across the song, and I had to look this up, Say Yes. And it's a it's a very, very short song. It's only about almost two and a half minutes. I'll play a little bit right here. But this is the first awesome. Elliot Smith song that I uh, that I had ex- I had experienced. <clears throat> I'm in love with the world through the eyes of a girl who's still around the morning. This is like something Zach Braff would pick up, you know, and put on. Totally. Uh, I went and searched my library stick. to see if I had any Elliot Smith in my library. Never. This is great. I love it. Yeah. This also sounds like Rivers, though, a little bit. <laughs> Does it? Right? And there's a lot. I guess there's a lot of that uh, that similarity in the sound that it fit in. So when I listened to him, I thought, oh, this is cool. I didn't really listen to a lot of his discography, but I had that song downloaded the MP3 and was listening to that one. And 
that was my first introduction to him. And I think a lot of that came out, like a lot of the the other artists that really mentioned him came out after he had passed away because of their interaction with him. And, you know, I was looking up his his past. I feel like with, Phoebe Bridgers cites him as a huge influence. Yeah. 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 It's, I, that's a good that's a good word. It's like influential. And it's more of the musician um, also because of his personality, too. Uh, I, I was also listening to Ben Folds a lot. So I was listening to after Ben Folds 5, you know, I, I think everyone heard Brick, but when when he was doing Ben Folds and he had Rock in the Suburbs and then the follow-up with Songs for Silverman, those are my two favorite albums of Ben Folds. And there's a song on that song, Songs for Silverman album uh, titled Late, which is actually, uh, it's a, like a direct reference to, to Elliot Smith and his relationship. And uh, there's a line in there, I think it's the second verse, when he starts off and the drums come in and he says, Elliot, man, you played a fine guitar and some dirty basketball. The songs you wrote got me through a lot. Just want to tell you that. And it's a cool song. It's not, I mean, it, it doesn't like, it, it's very obvious that it's about Elliot Smith. And it. I, I was searching for it and, and just to find what Ben Folds was saying about it now. And I came across this blog, So Flawed and Drunk and Perfect Still from... 2017, I believe this post was made. And yeah, May 5th of 2017. And Ben Folds is quoted saying, I'm going to hit a period pretty soon where I don't talk about that song, talking about late, and let it explain itself. I've always had an allergy to someone who goes, oh, I don't want to explain my songs. But in this case, he's got friends and family, and I don't need to be the multimedia spokesman for the death of someone I knew for a couple of weeks. I really loved his music, and I thought he was a great guy, and I was moved to write a song for him. There's like those two camps. There's the people that got into him early and knew Elliot Smith when he was in Heat Miser and when he did his solo stuff and even before that when he was just a, a, a budding artist. And then there's the ones I think that you and I got into him where he's this, it's like this Prolific thing that we miss. Prolific songsmith. Like Exa- he's just exactly. Like, he's like Bob Dylan. Like they're not real yeah. people. Like, <laughs> Right. And check this out, just to be like, you, you can hear, and, and the cool thing, and I'll probably mention this as we go through the episode, you listen to Heat Miser, uh, and there's a comment on, gosh, I'm already going through all this stuff. There is a comment uh, on the video. If you go to Plain Clothes Man, which is the most popular song or the most listened to song on uh, Mike City Sons, their 1995 album, uh, from Xenomorph LV426. And they say, I was afraid Heat Miser wouldn't be any good compared to Elliot's solo work. Glad to be wrong. It's so true. You listen to Heat Miser. You listen to Elliot Smith. There's, it's just a, a an added band. There's just a drummer and a bassist that come in there, and it's still Elliot Smith. But check this out. I went on to Elliot Smith's, the Wikipedia page for him, and this is a sample of Elliot Smith's Condor Avenue from Roman Candle, 1994, reported to have been written when he was around 17 years old, showing Smith's early songwriting style and lo-fi sound. Check this out. So, I mean, you could tell for somebody so young to, to have figured out their sound that early and kept it all the yeah, way through fair, to 2003, man. right? So I just, yeah, he was, he was a very unique artist. Like you said, I think you made, you made the, the great uh, relationship there with, with Bob Dylan, just something that is somebody who is uh, a, a, not just a footnote in music, but like a, a, 
a, t- a title, a, a headline that you need to yeah, that should be prolific songsmith. Yes, yeah. Uh, and okay, just to talk about the lyrics here, I'm looking at the three versions. I've got song meanings up. I think I grabbed these from. I pretty much grab them every time from Genius. I'm just looking back at the song meanings website. I've got Heat Miser. I've got Jimmy World. I've got Elliot Smith. They're all. They're all subtly different. And like, for example, Jimmy Eat Worlds has while I picture and Elliot Smith's have well I pictured. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, and there is one line, the very first line that I wanted to get your input on that I've always heard incorrectly. And so we'll go ahead and start there. Uh, I, so again, I've grabbed the Heat Miser version of this uh, just because I feel like the Jimmy Eat World version, the only reason it's a little bit different is just because the way that Jim pronounces words sound a little bit different. So I just wanted to, uh, I guess, pay homage to again, again copying these covers. I maybe maybe the purists say you should have copied the Jimmy World version, but I ended up grabbing. Um, the well, Heat I Miser copied version. the Jimmy World version so I can read you. Okay. I can read you what Great. these say, and I'm glad. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. So these first two lines is, "Well, you shouldn't doctor yourself." Well, I pictured somebody else, and I've always heard talk to yourself. Me too. Yeah. And it, it made sense to me when I heard it. You shouldn't talk to yourself. The closer I listen to it, it definitely sounds like you shouldn't doctor yourself. And the only version that had that doctor was the Heat Miser version. Elliot Smith's and Jimmy Eat World both had talk to yourself. So, I mean, we can listen oh, to it again. The one I, the so I took Jimmy Eat World's version from Genius. They have doctor in there, but okay, I don't know. Good. If, yeah. They must have modified that one. So it, so it is doctor yourself. Uh, and Okay. So back to the lyrics here. So those two lines, well, you shouldn't doctor yourself. Well, I pictured somebody else. The preceding well in both of those lines sounds like they're arguing a point. Maybe they've been argued to and they're trying to defend or make another point um, in opposition of what they've said. And it's, it's. I think the, the, the fact that it's repeated is kind of, I don't know, they're, they're, I'm getting very early into the song, but it just sounds like they're, they care about this other person. You know, when somebody even though they've said well a couple of times, I, I want to do this. I, I really want to jump uh, from a plane. Well, you, I don't, you know, you, you should think about this. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've read all of the precautions. Well, you should, and they're not trying to be a jerk. I don't think they're just trying to, I don't know, express their care. That's what I'm gathering from this. So with these two um, consecutive wells, that's what I'm gathering, which is like a, a little bit of a stretch, but you shouldn't doctor yourself is you don't need to change yourself. Um, well, I pictured somebody else. Um, you don't need to change yourself, although I did use, I did see you as being somebody else. You know, don't change who you are. I just expected you to be different. Uh, and then someone who looks like what I look like. And I think that's a reference to finding somebody who shares similar interests or, or has that same personality. Um, you know, you kind of, sometimes you can find yourself dating somebody that, kind of looks like let's say if you're a guy kind of looks like your mom right there's that that edible complex of like you're just you're you're around this motherly figure for so long yeah that you subconsciously like look for someone that has those same qualities physical or emotional and uh i think that's what they're saying in this single line is someone who looks like what i look like maybe they're looking for somebody who shares that appearance or or same uh the same emotions uh would you say that the one of your dreams got in you and ripped out the seams. Would you say that the one of your dreams got in you and ripped out the seams? Letting your mind, like, toxify your perception of reality. 
uh, letting your dreams sort of get in the way. It's permanently affected you or or sort of like really dug deep and and made a lasting effect on you. That's what I gather from ripped out the scenes. It's 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 left a a, a lasting change in you mentally. And if the dream is something that is unintended or if it's something that they are dreaming about, but it's like they're letting this fake thing uh, take them over. Uh, and then the verse closes out with a couple of lines of that's what I'd say. That's what I'd say. Um, and I'd say, I think that's like the, uh, once they've made their point, that's how they sort of put that punctuation, that that full that stop in there is that's how I would interpret this new situation. Like, okay, given the scenario you've described or who you have become as a person, uh, that's my two cents. That's what I'd say. That's what I'd say. And so that's what I'm gathering with this, um, with that first verse. And still no chorus here. We go into another verse. And you had mentioned a while back, there was like one of the couple of songs that Jim cusses in. Were you were, right. were you talking were you talking about this song or are you talking about the one that's on is it damage or is it uh is, invented i think is it invented a, okay yeah. i get yeah i know i get the, the the album covers like mixed up in my head so it's on invented um so this was the other one you were talking about right yes i i wrote the this is a rare one of the few tracks yes. with a curse word <laughs> yeah so uh the lyric goes uh, he was a sucker for your double dose motherfucker turned white as a ghost and I think double dose of anything. There's a lot. There's a lot of allusions here to drug use. You can go through, and it's like, oh yeah, double dose is that. That's a direct reference to heroin. I just think let's just let's just look at it as sort of a clean slate. How would you apply double dose? And I think double dose of anything, drugs or not, sounds like um, more than overindulged. Yeah. Overindulging, absolutely being a sucker. Yeah, and then it's just taking more than you should have. And in this case, it's a double dose, but really, it could be any more than you're supposed to have. Uh, and then uh, being a sucker, like he wanted it. Maybe he's a, like a sucker for the double double dose. He just he wanted it. He's a he's a glutton for punishment, or he is just one of those people that likes to party hard. I have no idea, but uh, that's what I think a sucker for a double dose is. And then uh, the second half is like, did did she go too far? Did he hear something he wasn't expecting? Either way, it caught him off guard. Like by turning white as a ghost. Uh, if this person, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the motherfucker is the sucker. <laughs> yeah. Right. Same guy, same person. And was what for turning white as a ghost. I don't think it's like turned white as a ghost, like they overdosed and died. I think it, I think it is sort of just realizing something or being called out and then being scared. Uh, and again, here we got uh, a repetition here. Don't you say hi. Don't you say hi. Uh, and I think if we don't, I don't know if we have liner notes to, to reference this, but I have down here, don't you say hi with absolutely no punctuation, which sounds to me like a direction. Don't you say hi. Don't you say hi. As opposed to don't you say hi, question mark, asking right. this yeah, or yeah, yeah. posing Correct. the question. Uh, the lyrics are not printed in the EP. Yeah. The first three I didn't tracks so. are, but this is a, this being a cover song, it's left off. And I'm just going to make a, a wild uh, guess here. I don't take... Uh, Elliot Smith as a person who I mean, and this is this is just a, a totally guessing here for a, a person that would go as far as like punctuating something. He's more about the lyrics and then how they're presented to the audience and sung. So I don't know. I I didn't see any of these versions that really had. I guess the Heat Miser version does have a question mark in there, so perhaps it could be. I mean, I don't have the liner notes for the Heat Miser version in front of me, 
Uh, I don't know if you could bring those up, but I didn't see I'll any punctuation. I'll pull them up. We'll see if they, I'll see if Perfect. they exist anywhere. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go ahead and continue. So the second half of this verse is with your broken sink for a face in a head that just takes up space. That's a tough one to interpret, but I, I feel like maybe he, this person abused this other, maybe let's just say it's a guy and girl relationship. Did he maybe abuse her, not even physically, but maybe emotionally um, in a head that just takes up space? Maybe he said that she's dumb. But I think the broken sink for a face is, I don't know if it's necessarily like going as far as hitting somebody, pushing them down, injuring them on a, a, a sink. I just think a broken sink is kind of like useless. A, you can't really do much with the broken sink, right? Uh, and... He's not half right. He's not half right. So replacing that, that's what I'd say twice is now he's not half right. He's not half right. We have the the mention of the track here for the first time. And uh, let me go back to a comment that was posed in Elliot Smith's song meanings page from Destiny, Protect Me From The World on November 20th of 2010. Uh Bear with me as I read this. This song is a sterling example of Smith's adherence to a philosophy of optimism, first pioneered by Germanic polymath Gottfried Leibniz. In this song, Smith enumerates a litany of seemingly less than ideal situations that a lesser student of idealist philosophy would describe as wrong or perhaps half wrong. Smith, however, uses the Panglossian term half right to indicate that although seemingly wrong, we live in the best of all possible worlds and such situations are necessary in order for fuller benefit elsewhere. That's a lot of big words. Um, and what I gathered from it, I, what I liked about it, and that this person did actually mention this up at, at the early part, I think half right is looking at it like a glass half full, half, uh, half empty. And that's just a an analogy for describing somebody looking at it from a pessimistic point of view or an optimistic. Yeah. And I think that he's not half right. Um, I think the half right mention is about optimism. And maybe by saying he's not half right, then he's, he's, he's not being, he's not right. He's not even half right. He's right. just the opposite end of this. So he's not like 51%, right? Which would technically be correct. He is on the, the exact opposite spectrum, zero to 1%. Right. And this broken up part that is not necessarily even a chorus, it's just on its own, it's already half past and it won't last. And I think half past is a reference to time, either on the clock or just a figurative reference where they've gone past the middle and are coming back around the other side. And there's no sense in turning back. Once you've gone to, you know, right past uh, the 31 minutes, it's like, why go back in reverse? So, uh, Maybe, and they're saying this is in reference to the relationship that they've had, this tumultuous relationship. It's just, that won't last. It's already half past. We've gone too far in this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to repair myself. We're not gonna be able to repair ourselves as, as, a, as a couple. Uh, it won't last. We're going to, it's going to fall apart, which is cool. I don't have that listed as a chorus, nothing. It's just- No, yeah, same. It's, I, don't, I don't know what that would be, but it's, it's beautiful. And then you have verse three here, this last- um, this last bit, which has a, uh, it has some elements of Jimmy World, which I, I do enjoy. This we'll get. It's the very f the last couple of lines here, but this starts out with, "I was sticking up for my friend when there's nothing much to defend." I think now it's that moment where they're talking to themselves, uh, trying to talk some sense, but it sounds like this other party has already made their mind up. So I've I've said my piece. 
I've given them my two cents, uh, and th- it's up to them now to make this decision. And they go on to say, it's a lost fight. It's a lost fight. And he can see where it's going to end up, and it's not worth fighting any any longer. We've gone half past you know, the, the middle of this this clock. We've, we've gone 51% here. It's a lost fight. I'm not going to fight this anymore. Because when I talk to you on the phone, well, it's just like being alone. And he can say all he wants to, uh, but it falls on deaf ears. And this is, let, let me t- just take one step forward before I take the step back. Then it goes, it's not half right. It's not half right. This isn't fair to be treated like this. I think that's like saying, it's not fair. Um, I hear uh, Veruca Assault kind of saying that. But by <laughs> it's saying, not fair. It's not fair. By saying it's not half right is just referencing the entire situation. Um, so now take a step back. This is the line, and this maybe this is a segue into what information you have. This is the line that is referenced in Kill, right? Yep. Okay. So finally got a chance to to see this, and I we've listened to the song, and you want to jump one thirty into Kill and play? The- yeah, let's do yeah. it, man. So I'm gonna go into Kill, Kill Jimmy. All right, here we go. Like, okay, all right. Uh, a lot of things are happening now, David. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite album. That that's one of my favorite lines when when he's just that emphatic. That oh god, uh, <laughs> we have got to get on kill. I know, I know it's 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 on deck. But okay, so just to to take take myself down a notch and <laughs> well, it's just like being alone, like your favorite Heat Miser song. So that's the the well, line. And pick up, put down the phone. Yes, you're right. Yeah, pick up, put down the phone. You're absolutely right. When I talk to you on the phone. So, yeah, he is directly referencing uh, these two lines in the final verse of uh, Heat Miser slash Elliot Smith's uh, Half Right. It's a beautiful song. And I, I, you can take it a couple of different ways. You can look at song meanings and see, oh, like, there's people that know about his, his life with his family. And he goes, oh, this is about his, his uncle or his stepdad or his father. Uh, you know, some, somebody in his, in his, family that is causing this i could you could also take a look at it and how i perceive this is like it could this be somebody in an abusive relationship who is considering going back and this is the perspective of the person trying to yeah uh, make them aware of what they're doing but you know falls on deaf ears so um but uh, again these are beautiful lyrics and and he is a uh an amazing songwriter that elliot so now that you're in kill why don't you jump to 26 seconds in kill and it's not this Elliot Smith song, but we might as well talk or not this uh, Heat Miser song, but there's another Heat Miser reference in Kill around 26 seconds. Here we go. Okay, so I've okay. always been the easy kill, which is where the song title comes from. Sure. Uh, this line is probably a reference to, or at least inspired by, the Heat Miser song, Rest My Head Against the Wall, which contains the line, and I'm not sure that I've ever had the nerve, because I've always felt like an easy kill. So, that's pretty rad. I never wow. realized <laughs> that that was another Heat Miser reference. But I'm I mean, glad you pointed that out. So that was the second one you had mentioned. I thought it was yeah. just that single one. Nope. Um, and I got that from song meanings, uh, or not song meanings, but from um, 
genius genius uh, the kill entry entry on genius so uh when we do the kill episode i'm sure we'll cover this again but since we're doing a heat miser cover uh might as well go into a little bit of kill and yeah uh yeah there it is oh and, oh, and real yes since we're we're talking we're listening to songs right now and let's go let me take a step back one big difference and this is going to come up i'm sure in the community section when we go when we listen to what or at least when we read what people have to say about this track uh there there's a lot of similarities sonically with this and yes right very straightforward for Jimmy Eat right World. however one thing that i like about Jimmy Eat World's version is i'm going to play this right now is the uh, the first few seconds here and i'm going to crank this just a little yeah, bit yeah the so wind you can hear it. the wind and the waves man yeah, i think it's man. waves yeah it sets the mood oh my gosh out but yeah it really i mean this that whole ep is there's a lot to it and i know that that the styrofoam remix gets a little bit of flack and and this one is like oh it's just a a, an absolute knockoff but i think this ep even if it is a little bit of a runoff of what futures um you know the the overflow of futures tracks it's still just uh, the whole thing is just it's it's magical so that was what i found was a big difference for me uh, was that that addition, that little tidbit there at the beginning, the ocean waves or the wind, whatever that happens to be, that just puts you in that mood. Uh, yeah, it really, really sets the mood well. I'm looking real quick. I wanted to confirm that... Okay, yeah. Track 4 was produced by Jimmy World, recorded at Unit, Unit 2, engineered by Jim, mixed by Chris Foodrick. Fuderick. Um, and then I just, there's a glare on this where it says track five produced by Gil Norton, additional production by Arn Ben Petrum, who is uh, Styrofoam. So that makes sense, track five. Uh-huh. I just wanted to confirm that Styrofoam had nothing to do with this cover as well. Um, uh, okay. So, uh, do you want to listen to a little bit of the uh, Heat Miser and Elliot Smith version so we can hear how uh, Absolutely. pretty faithful yeah. Jimmy Eat World stayed? Yes. So uh, you heard that that introduction there. There isn't much difference. Uh, this is the Heat Miser version, an idea of of that sound it's very similar oh yeah uh, if, man. if we kept listening to the jimmy Eat world version you would hear that distinct the zach drum sound and then there's obviously the the way that jim sounds and and the way that they mix all of their other instruments in there but 
I, the Jimmy World Half Right sounds way more produced. So we've taken oh, yeah. sort of a step down. Uh, and now let's take an even further step back. And uh, here's a to- note. So there's no liner notes with the lyrics, but the Elliott Smith New Moon album does have like a little blurb about Half Right. This uh-huh. comes right after See You Later on uh, his uh, New Moon record, uh, posthumous record. Uh, so it says track 11, see you later track 12 half, right? These are two heat miser songs from their third album. Mike city sons performed solo in this collection from the Rob Jones local show sessions. See you later was released on the air check cassette on Rob's label jealous butcher. So that's what, uh, at least it's a little more of a blurb about okay. the inclusion and- of this on this collection of songs. And from a graphic designer's perspective, if you were to search for Half Right and you get all three of these in a row, seeing the Elliott Smith New Moon Half Right in blue, the Heat Miser Mike City Suns in this pinkish orange, and then Jimmy oh. Rolls Half Right in this green, green and gold. Yeah. Man, it is, it's a beautiful uh, sequence of colors here. So here is Half Right by Elliott Smith. Now I yeah again I haven't listened to a lot of his catalog but his his voice sounds so subdued and it it sounds like he's holding it back but that's just that unique Elliot Smith sound that he achieves. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, he could yes, have a whole yeah, band yeah. behind him. Yeah, I'm definitely going to dig in. I added his essentials to my library to uh sort of okay. dig in a little bit. It's very night drivey this music. Oh, uh, absolutely. one thing I noticed looking at the Mike City Suns while I was looking for liner notes and stuff Half right is on the record track list on Discogs entries, but if you look at the back of the record, half right is not listed on the track list. So I don't know if it's yeah. technically a secret track or if it's kind of always played back to back with See You Later, um, which is the last listed track on Mike City Suns. But what's weird is if you look at the uh, back of the Mike City Suns album, it would be more symmetrical if they did include half right because Eagle Eye is track six, and then there's only five tracks on the second column. So I don't know. Right. I think you're right. Um, I, I came across something like that, and 
It must have been on the wiki for Mike City Suns because if you look at it, um, it does actually maybe say, that makes sense. Yeah, ha- it says half right hidden track. Yeah, there, half so. right hidden track. Yep. Yeah. So that must have been where where we had seen it. Maybe we just kind of passed by it. But yeah, you're right. Hidden track is the right term for that one. Wasn't supposed to be listed. There it is. Look at that. It's not there. Man, that reminds me of. Um, gosh, I can't even think of it. There's a couple of. There's definitely like one three eleven album with. Uh, Gosh, I think it's Fat Chance at the end of this. And it's just, it's not necessarily a hidden song, but I always loved that. Gosh, and I want to say Weezer did it. But when you have that track where the the song cuts out and you don't hear your CD changer changing and you just kind of hear it, you, you look <laughs> over and it's still tracking. And it's like, what is it? What What's it doing? Is it going to, is it going to yeah. cut? But no, and then it goes into another song. And it's almost like that first time you hear it, you go, there's a song, a secret song on this, a yeah, hidden man. track. Yeah. Such I think a, I mean, that's such didn't a cool 311 feeling. have one that uh, shit. Did you just say this? I was looking at something. I else. did. <laughs> yeah. did they have, but did they have one where you had to go back? Um, where did you go back? You had to rewind the first track to find a hidden track. Oh or? no, I don't know about that one. I thought I always thought that was 311. A buddy of mine was saying it. So when you had mentioned 311, yeah, I, I uh, the 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 secret track that I always think of is I forget if it's Sticks and Stones or Catalyst or something. But at the end of one of the newfound glory records after the last track, um, there's like a big, big, big silence. And then you can hear them whispering like somebody's in the house. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Those are the days, man, when you just like put a CD on and just walk away. And then. Yep. 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 Man, those were the days. Now it's like you see everything. It's like uh, just link me to share me share with me the album and I will add it to my queue. Yeah. You can see everything. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish somebody would figure out a way. I mean, I guess it's I think we talked about that when we hit it in the uh, in the uh, source code. We hid the original episode zero in the source code. Um, That's like (laughs) all you can do for secret tracks now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But then after you find it, then you just add it to your library. And there it is. Uh, Okay, so um, it's in B minor, this song. 10A is the Camelot, and 441 duration, 90 BPM. Those are uh, a little bit of the structure notes that I found. Um, I thought it was cool that Jim engineered the track. Uh, they did it at unit two, but you know, he's, <laughs> I always imagine just Jim in there, like setting up microphones and getting right. drum sound like, <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, what did I look? I wrote about Chris Fuderick, the guy who mixed it. Uh, he had two bands that he was listed in on discogs headset and moderns. And I think I planned to go find some of his tracks, but we were already playing a bunch of Elliot Smith on this episode. So, Oh um, yeah. Uh, you can search out and we're going to come back to some stay on my side tonight stuff. So we'll probably dig into his stuff again. Um, Consequence.net did that dissection of all of their albums with their album art and what makes those albums special and all this stuff. And we'll probably talk about this on the kill episode, but when they're talking about futures, they talk about uh, what makes it quintessentially Jimmy. And it has lots of small ideas uh, they wrote here, which is a, a reference to a Jimmy song. Um, fittingly, Kill directly references Half Right, a hidden track from Elliot Smith's early band Heat Miser's 1996 album Mike City Sons. Um, so, uh, and this Consequence.net article is not that old. Um, so people still bringing it up every now and again. Um, I have a really long 
but I think full of great information, stitches and grooves blog post about Ooh. the vinyl release okay. of uh of this. So the only outstanding Jimmy World release to not get pressed to vinyl finally saw the light of day in early 2016. The Stay on My Side Tonight EP was repressed on 150 gram black vinyl and comes with an insert and download card. The only reason I made mention of this record being 150 gram is because the type, the hype sticker on the perforated poly bag, the 12 inch EP comes sealed in makes mention of it. All copies come with a download card. No word on pressing info, but expected to be in the thousands because it's a major label release. There are some big question marks surrounding this release as some people received copies of the record with glaring errors. The biggest problem lies with the track listing on the back of the jacket, which has the track listing broken down wrong. Instead of the proper two tracks on side A and three tracks on side B, the copies of the record in question have three tracks listed on side A and two on side B. The records have the cor the correct track listing, however. Uh... Oh, I see. On the records themselves, it has the correct track listing. Mark Trombino's, uh, the EP's producer, name is also spelt wrong on the insert. It's important to note that people receiving copies like this are in America and multiple people have reported having the same errors. Some people are dubbing this an error pressing, which is <laughs> obviously the case, but more light needs to be shed on it. Some people are speculating these error copies were meant to be distributed in Europe or were pressed in Europe to be sold there. But that can't be correct because there is no Euro pressing of this EP. I just find it so interesting that Stitches and Grooves just has all this information. I know, so right? Weird. That they have this ability yeah. to just go in, look into yeah. this stuff so microscopically. Yeah. And here's more. The likeliest answer to the error pressing is that it's simply an error that was caught somewhere in the middle of production. The release had quite a few delays with the release date pushed back multiple times. These delays likely stemmed from the errors with the track listing on the back of the jacket. So what likely happened is that a small amount of copies with the error mistakenly got sent out to distributors. This release has not been recalled, but the problems has been uh, the problems have obviously been corrected since my copy and plenty of other people's do not have the error. So far, the label has been mum about the situation, but I don't know mm. if anyone has contacted them or the band about the problems. My copy does not have the track listing error, but does have Mark Trombino's name spelled wrong on the insert. Instead of Trombino, it reads Trobmino. That's totally a typo I would make, by the way. Uh, <laughs> People who have the CD version say stay on my side tonight uh, has the same spelling error on the CD credits as well. So the layout was taken directly from the CD version and just upscaled to fit an LP. It's the third mention of Trombino's name that is misspelled under the percussion credit on disintegration. I have included pictures of both the correct and error jackets below with the correct jacket picture coming first. A few days after posting this, a pink variant was announced, which is limited to 1,000 copies and only available through Jimmy Eat World's web store hosted by King's Road Merch. Whether or mm. not this new pink variant is a new pressing, which would be the second overall, is unknown. It's either that or the label held on these pink copies for weeks. If that is the case, it's somewhat surprising they didn't put it up for pre-order along with the black copies, but holding back the pink copies could be a sales tactic to drive up sales of the black variant. It's up in the air right now which scenario is correct. I advise everyone 
not to buy anything from King's Road merch from here on out because they now only ship records via priority mail, which costs at least $11, depending on where you live. They're not offering media mail any longer. And we all know you can ship a record from anywhere to anywhere in the country for just under $4 via via. <laughs> so oh, wait, when was this article written? Uh, 2016. Gosh, I remember uh, media mail. Jeez, yeah, I, I gave too, up man. on that. Forget about half dot com. Half dot com was how when I learned about oh, hell media yeah. mail. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I first noticed. Most people noticed when these new colored Jimmy World variants were announced. KRM made this switch around the holidays, 2015, and I hoped it would only be for the holiday season. But it turns out it's permanent. KRM claims to prevent damage. Uh, it's to prevent damage to records and keep impatient people at bay. This is their statement regarding it. We are no longer offering media mail due to its incredibly slow delivery times and high rate of damage to orders. Complete BS. 90% of the time, records arrive undamaged via media mail. <laughs> and guess what, KRM? Records can still arrive damaged via any method of delivery. We all know this is profit-driven. I love how angry. I know. Wow. Uh, he's getting, this is getting personal here. now. Yeah. It's also sad, pathetic, and a little hilarious that you can order from KRM's <laughs> European distro and shipping will be cheaper than buying domestic. So that's how I read that uh, last little bit. But yeah. anyway. Do they digress back into a the wealth <laughs> of knowledge? No, that's it. That's it. He just, nope. I just, I just loved how salty he was at the end there. I know. Gosh. <laughs> uh, so I knew that was long winded, but there was so much good information there. Um, yeah. Wow. That is, that is uh, very insightful. Yeah. Very in depth. Um, I found that blog, right? So I went and looked at the blog post and I found two blog posts that mentioned the EP and the song. So, here is a blog post. Oh, I did link to it. I didn't write the date down. Okay. This is Jim's post on October 11th, 2004. It's a much longer post, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and just read this one little blurb. So this is just after or just before Futures comes out. And I also meant to mention that Futures came out the same day as Elliot Smith's record he was working on when he died wow <laughs> uh, which i think is kind of cool um and so anyway here is uh the mention we are working on an internet only ep for release in the winter since we are on the road and nowhere near our home studio we are recording using my laptop and an m box kind of cool working with voice restrictions and no tdm plugins so far i have recorded material some weird places at our shows in utah we played a huge sports arena our dressing room was dress out room for basketball attached was a large pe style bathroom with showers it was completely tiled and sounded cool so i did some acoustic car guitar tracks in there I had to start and stop a lot because before the show, a lot of people kept coming in to get their duffel bags of basketball gear. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's kind of cool. Like it, it was like the ideas of an internet only EP were starting to form here and uh, it was going to be out that winter. Obviously that did not happen, um, but it did come out a year later. So this next post is from August 20th, 2005 by Jim. Uh, it's it's titled, yeah, all right, Texas. So here's what Jim has to say. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and sorry it's been so long for, uh, since someone from the band has posted a blog here. I realize that defeats the purpose of a blog, not updating regularly. But whatever, oh, one can argue etiquette. But just like no one here is to hand us guidelines here on our fabulous World Wide Web, there are no rules, man. Whoa. <laughs> we are currently on tour in America and Canada with Green Day. Their conclusion bombs scare the hell out of me 
uh, even when I know they're coming, one has to give up, give it up to Green Day. They have put on one hell of a show. Kids, you can bring your parents. Everyone drops the f bomb sometimes, but they usually, but usually at these bigger places, there's a parent waiting uh, place where mom can read her book and chill. Also, FYI, we are putting out a new EP. It will be available on iTunes first. Then it will be released in physical form on October 4th, I think. The EP will have three new songs, a cover of Heat Miser's Half Right, and a remix of our future's song, Drugs Are Me, courtesy of Styrofoam. We are proud of the songs and our extended work on them. See you on the road. So that is Jim's (laughs) blog post from 2005. and uh yeah oh here it is uh yeah futures came out the same day as elliot smith's posthumous record from a basement on a hill um that's what i have for track notes anything else uh track note wise that you can think of no that's all i got well let's see i've got uh do we want to do community before we start listening to more stuff uh well what do you got to listen to well i have uh let's see i have one two three covers i have two rave djs and then a remix and a uh another thing (laughs) well let's just jump through (laughs) let's jump through community because there wasn't a ton of good content that that i came across sure uh uh so this guy everano shava shiava uh on the facebook group had this interesting uh, post from March of 2020. For those lazy guitar players like me, I just discovered Half Right can be played with capo on the seventh fret and a guitar detuned. Uh, D, D, I assume you mean dr- drop D. Right. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, what? I guess. <laughs> detuned. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know. I don't know uh, how to play this song, but uh, if you want to drop D your guitar and th- throw the capo on the seven, although if you're putting the capo on the seven, you're just moving your hand your hands up a whole set of strings and then just playing it an octave higher. Right. Uh, Sure. But you can also play in like, let's say there's like a G shape, you know, that G shape that you go down there, you can play a G shape up there with like the capo up. And then you can play like, let's say the sequence of chords would be um, G D and C. It's a little bit easier to play in that formation up there on the seventh fret. So I get why you're right. Technically, you would just be moving everything up a, a whole, you know, let's say seven, uh, seven frets. But if it allows you to shape the chords differently, then it's a benefit, in my opinion. That's why. That's I know. suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't. I don't ever play in drop D. So, um, so yeah. Uh, stay on my side, survivor. This plays fourth place. Um, so I mean. <laughs> right i know (laughs) yeah and then it was out in round two of the 2019 ep survivor uh so out in round two is essentially fourth place um yaz nasty had posted a reddit comment where they're talking about um i don't know i guess songs getting mentioned let's see what this is from so this is that was yaz nasty's post uh no this is cautioner 86 okay that's the one i'm looking at right now posted a thing it's like stay on my side tonight appreciation post and then yeah nasty says it's really really good it makes sense blah 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 blah. but then uh what do they say and then half right was referenced in the song kill i wonder if that's why they covered it just to make sure it was absolutely 100 clear that your favorite heat miser (laughs) song which (laughs) what your favorite heat miser song is um so yeah, I like that Yaz Nasty came in here. I, I mean, I never, 
I always wondered what the favorite Heat Miser song was, but Heat Miser just was never on my radar, radar, so I never put the two two and two together. Exactly. This was the first time I got a chance to sit down and look at the lyrics, but you you hear it. You just think it's such yeah. a noticeable lyric that your favorite Heat Miser song, just knowing that Jimmy Eat World has sang Heat Miser. I'm like, oh yeah, I know the EP that that's on, and but I never yeah. knew the association. So yeah, it was, it was good to... Uh, yeah. In that same thread, um, uh, down nearby where I guess you had uh, Duke Nuke 12 <laughs> posted a oh, comment. Oh, I'm in of, there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely underrated yet beloved gem. So short, but uh, meaningful there. Uh, above that, Ella Bella Medella. Um, I adore Stay On My Side Tonight. It's absolutely the sister of futures in my head, but I feel it's kind of the cooler, edgier sister who's experimenting with hair color and piercings or something <laughs> equally stereotypical of edgy teens. It feels a little more creative, dark, and daring than futures. It doesn't quite hit the heights of futures, but damn, it's so good. Firstly, it features Disintegration, my absolute favorite Jew song. Secondly, Closer and Over are also amazing originals. And if Disintegration wasn't on there, I'd greatly struggle to pick my favorite uh, Stay On My Side Tonight track because they are so good. Uh, thirdly, Half Right is one of the most lovely covers they've done. That's some nice words. And then Drugs Are Remix. Drugs Are Me Remix, I'm not a fan of, so that brings the mark down, unfortunately, for her. But uh, really nice thing to say about Thirdly, Half Right is one of the most lovely covers they've done. Kind words for this track. I concur. And, um, I have okay. a couple more. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I do have one other uh, one other post from a year ago uh, titled Take Them As They Come. Take Them As They Come <laughs> by Take Reg Crusher. <laughs> I just recently listened to the Chase This Light Deluxe version for the first time and came across Take Them As They Come. This song is so good. And then I found out it was a cover of a rare Bruce Springsteen song. Now it's one of my favorite Bruce songs too. Who else is on board? And uh, from the past, George Zimmerman AMA uh, replied with, that's like I was with Half Right. I thought it was a fucking incredible song and that it had a subtle reference to Kill. Then I learned it was a cover and a cover of the song that Kill was actually referencing. That's how I discovered Heat Miser. So it's a nice little uh, sequence of events here how you you just get, not only do you find, like let's say lyrically, the association there of, oh, this, this song references this song. Well, who's that band? Then you find out, oh, this is the band. And then you find out who's in the band, Elliot Smith. And you're introduced to this whole different world of music Absolutely. with this different, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a cool little sequence of events watching so, that unfold for some people. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going through the YouTube comments on somebody's version of this video uh, of the cover on YouTube, not the official upload. Um, and my Y chromosome says uh, five years ago, uh, basically points out <laughs> that Jim accidentally misheard you shouldn't doctor yourself as shouldn't talk to yourself and sung it accordingly. Um, so I thought that was funny. And then, yeah. oh God, these are my favorite <laughs> comments. They're just absolutely insufferable people. This is Mr. Three, two, one awesomeness. So, you know, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Calling Elliot Smith and heat miser underdogs is just stupid. I don't think that Jimmy Eat World would be here if it wasn't for them. Heatmiser is only not well known because they didn't sell out to major labels and become overrated like Jimmy Eat World. Where's Jimmy Eat World today? But for the so-called underdogs, they still have a large and respective fan base instead of a bunch of kitty poppers. Oh, boy. Anyway. Well, when you say favorite. it like that, yeah, I, I would read yeah. that the same way. <laughs> 
All right, so that's all I have for community. Um, yeah. Do you have text-to-speech available? Because Megan Galding has blessed us with her cover of Jimmy Eat World's cover of Half Right by Heat Miser by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> all right, hit me, man. Well, you shouldn't doctor yourself. Well, I pictured somebody else. Someone who looks like what I look like. Would you say that the one of your dreams got in you and ripped out the seams? That's what I'd say. That's what I'd say. He was a sucker for your double dose. Motherfucker turned white as a ghost. <laughs> Don't you say hi. Don't you say hi with it your broken like a, sink for a face like a self-help team. in a head that just takes up space <laughs> he's not half right he's not half right it's already half past and it won't last i was sticking up for my friend when there's nothing much to defend it's a lost fight it's a lost fight pause when i talk to you on the phone well it's just like being alone it's not half right <laughs> It's not it's half so right. Abrupt. <laughs> She's so abrupt that uh, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker. Motherfucker turn what is a ghost. That's good. Extra explicit. Okay, perfect. That was great. Uh, I was hoping we would get through the whole thing. Uh, almost. I think it was actually very dramatic. Almost lined that, up, yeah. Yeah, that the it's not half right, it's not half right was without it. It, it felt very much like we were in a uh, uh, like a poetry reading there. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so this uh, next thing I thought was kind of interesting. It's the Jimmy Eat World Half Right Remix by L1F Escape. Ooh. This reminds me of what Charlie does with his, uh... Yeah, his little channels and, and patches yeah. and stuff. Taking a little bit out of the styrofoam book here. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna skip forward about halfway because it looks like it does something. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Woo! I could dance to this. Yeah, man, this is tight. Prom dance, baby. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I really dug that, man. Uh, and that's that's what I have for those. Now I do have three covers, and I do think these are all based on either the people thinking they're covering Jimmy World or Dev. They say they're doing the Jimmy Eat World version. Okay. So this is JD Fink 1. Oh, no. What? <sighs> Hear you me cover. <laughs> All right. That's strike that. Okay. The links. Okay. It it says Jimmy Eat World 1001, but then it says Ca Capo Disaster with a K, half right, Jimmy Eat World dot WMV. So I'm interested in what this could be. <laughs> oh, man. Anytime there's a WMV involved, yeah, man, I'm, I'm game.
pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I wish you'd a little bit uh, more. We could hear him better, but it sounded okay. It sounded kind of like a recording underneath if you put your microphone underneath a blanket or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, and this last one we have is called is by Mile, Do- Mile Drive, half right cover. And uh, I'll hit play on this, but read a little bit of the caption here. Mile Drive says, Please be forewarned that there is one word of profanity in this song, so listen at your own discretion. <laughs> The song was written by Elliot Smith. It was originally performed by Heatmiser, then Elliot Smith himself. It was also made popular. Wow, he sounds great. By a version performed by Jimmy Eat Yeah, it's good. Someone that looks like what I look like. Would you say that the one of your dreams got in you? out the seams that's what I'd say that's what I'd say and mile drive rolls yeah this sounds like the stripped down version of like a late 90s early 2000s uh, like one of those alternative rockers I, yeah I, I, breaking I it down sure. like not, not singing out like this guy could probably really belt out but he's just Taking it down a notch. Stripped. Yeah. I think this part would be fun to play, too. It'd be a good finger exercise. Yeah. For finger picking, for sure. Yeah, that's tight. Um, okay. I've got a few I've got a few covers here. Sick. Let's hear them. Okay. All right, so the first one I have is Blue Deputy, and I, my notes here are nice harmony. Uh, she harmonizes with herself, and then uh, she's a strummer. Sick. one of those mini tailors. Yeah, man. So it should also be noted now Building listening to it with tight. headphones on. Uh, she's adding in the bass in there too, and yeah, some additional twinklies. Yeah, she's really building up there. Uh-huh. That's tight. Okay, next I have Michaela Davis. Now there's two recordings of this. There's this live recording of her playing the. Uh, oh gosh, I keep wanting to say harpsichord, um, but it's just the harp. And oh. Yeah, so it's the harp. And then there's a there's a professional recording. I liked this live one better. So check this out. This is Michaela Davis uh, live at the Abilene Bar um, doing the Elliott Smith version of Half Right, which is the Jimmy World version of Half Right, a.k.a. Heat Miser. 
Wow. Hypnotizing watching it, isn't it? Very expressive. Yeah, man. What's heavy is hell, too. <laughs> I'm surprised at the range that the harp has. Like, those low notes are super bassy. Yeah. Kayla, that was beautiful. I'm going to get to everyone playing, uh, saying the motherfucker. I've got to. Now, I got a couple more. This one is Spence1818. My notes on this one looks like Tom. Sounds great. Yeah. It looks like a young Tom. (laughs) Totally. Well, it looks like he's playing. I just don't hear anything. Oh, it's uh, coming out of just the right channel. That's probably why. Oh. It sounds beautiful, David. <laughs> I love it. I love some of the choices he's made here. Right? <laughs> Look at the fingering technique here. He's got a really strong pinky. You think that's a live strong bracelet there? Uh, yeah, it's four by three. I'll bet that was before uh, what's his name is a cheater. Ah, yes. He actually sounds like I know that you might be missing out because it's just in that single channel, but he sounds a lot like Elliot Smith. So when you do the live li- or the the re-listen of this episode, yeah. be sure and check um, Spence eighteen eighteen. He is uh, sounding great here. That's what I'd say. That's what I'd say. Okay, there we have that. And the last one I have, I don't know how you wanted to do this. I do have a piano cover. Um, oh, nice. If you want me to hold off on that one, I can and let it play us out. Or we yeah, can just yeah, play yeah. it right now. Okay, so where did you want to go next, David? Uh, that's it. That's all okay. I've got for this song. Well... Um, let oh me... wait, yeah, no, hold on. I I, I did make thing. a rave DJ. Oh, you know what? I did too. Go ahead. What do you got? I made two of them. One was based off of uh, something that Toonbat said would work, and I didn't think it worked very well. <laughs> I didn't really okay. even know the song all that well, and it just wasn't very good. It was a thrice song called Exile Ru- Exile. What's it called? Something Exile. Um, and it called it Exile Right, but I didn't think it was very good. So then. 
I mixed Jimmy Eat World and Elliot Smith's versions. Uh huh. And it called it Rig Half. Okay, so we got the same one. <laughs> oh, interesting. But yours didn't go right away. We must have chosen different ones. Yeah. Now, yep. were yours a half measure off? Mm, at the beginning, I think, no. I want to say the beginning was okay, and then it, it cuts to where it's a half measure off, and it just becomes like dissonant toward the end. Yeah, it made me wonder if that like an ocean wind uh, at the beginning made it gave it just a little bit more where it thought the one was not where the one was or something. Huh. So uh, go ahead and play your rig half. Okay, here's my rig half. Probably the same. Yeah. Ah, uh, the waves, baby. Pacific Ocean coastline. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be cooler to hear these together and they would be more, more harmonious, but they kind of right. like are all over each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're talking past each other. It's like row, row, row your boat. Yeah, yeah, totally. was actually better than mine mine was more all over itself (laughs) yeah so i'm glad we played yours okay good all right let's hear this piano cover and we can talk about final thoughts okay here we go this is christopher o'reilly chris 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 (laughs) o'reilly auto parts (sighs) piano can be so peaceful man so this is uh this is from the album Home to Oblivion, an Elliot Smith tribute by Christopher O'Reilly. Oh wow, he did a whole record of piano yeah. covers then, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Does he sing? Or is it just nope. all uh just oh, all piano? Tight. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the perfect thing to play us out. Justin, yes. what are your final thoughts on Half Right by Heat Miser by Elliot Smith by Jimmy Eat World? <laughs> I don't care that it's almost a direct copy of it. I think they're being true to uh, Elliot Smith in this case, as opposed to being true to Jimmy Eat World, the band. And I got to get, I got to hand that to them for keeping it. Yeah, there are haters that say, okay, I, I, I could kind of skip it. But I like this song. The lyrics um, are very deep and it shows just how good of a songwriter um, and what, what a musician Elliot Smith was. Uh, it's, 
Oh, it's a very pretty song, and, and I love that it can be played by a piano or a harp or a guitar and just have a different sound to it. Um, so I, I really like this this track, man. What about you? I do too. I'm really glad that now I know a little bit more about Heat Miser, a little bit more about Elliot Smith. Um, I'll now probably always think of this and Kill as like kind of like sister songs. Um, and I love that Jimmy Eat World stayed so faithful because it's like, okay, well, hey, you might not go look for that song, but this is going to be our cheeky nod. Like, hey, this is that song, just so you know. <laughs> right. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And maybe one day we'll get Jimmy Eat World covering the other Heat Miser song that they reference on Kill. Yeah, um, man. And uh, I did want to say I did reach out to Zach as I am want to do and ask him if he had any fun memories regarding uh, rec- recording this half right cover and his answer was not really sorry <laughs> <laughs> saw that come up on my yeah. phone hey at least but, he got uh, back to us yeah man uh, so uh, uh, glad uh, glad I checked right before we finished recording this so um, you know Elliot Smith he came to a an early demise only 34 years old when yeah. he had passed and uh, I guess na- what's kind of crazy is he would he was 34 in 2003 and he'd be like 52 or three this year. Um, so kind of, kind of crazy. Like, like he was younger than us when he passed and now he'd be like an age. I can't even fathom yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now fifties. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, um, just remember to take care of yourself and be excellent to each other. Everyone. And party on dudes. Ladies and gentlemen, a very unexpected guest on this episode, uh, over on the Facebook group, there was a bit of a, I guess, kerfuffle that we'll hear about. And at the heart of that is our guest, Leah. Leah, pleasure to have you on the pod. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into that, let's talk about Jimmy World. <laughs> uh, yes. What is your relationship to the band? When did you get into them? Uh, all that type of stuff. Oh, my goodness. So I, I, I'm 31. I actually didn't start listening to them until uh, just a few years ago. Um, I had a friend who was really, really into them. And I mean, like a diehard fan. And I've, I had heard a few of their songs. Um, I was a fan of their Futures album, but uh, I've never seen them live. And uh, I got a gig out here in Las Vegas working um, as a writer for an e-magazine. And the opportunity came up to go see Jimmy Eat World and then write up an article about them. So my friend, who's a diehard fan, is just over the moon excited. You have to see them live. You have to see them live. Um, So really, I saw them live and I was just blown away. I was like, this is one of the most amazing bands I've ever seen. And now I, I started buying CDs. I started listening to everything that I could, and I became a, a huge fan. Awesome. That is really mm-hmm. fun to hear, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Coming into the band with basically an entire w- wealth of content, 
Yes. As you uh, sort of took it in, do you still find yourself drawn to Futures or where do you land now as your sort of favorite Oh tracks? my gosh. It cha- Honestly, I think that's one of the most exciting things about finding Jimmy Eat World as a, as a new band now. Um, or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I still like futures. Um, it was really hard for me to get into clarity, unpopular opinion until <laughs> I saw them perform, uh, their live stream. Oh, good. So, yeah. Yeah. So then it really clicked for me. I don't know why, but just hearing them live, it's very different for me. Um, I listen to new stuff all the time right now i'm really into the uh the album damage i don't know why if it's just like the place i'm in in my life but i kind of find that i I find these new little gems all the time and i'm it's like discovering them all over again for the first time that's it that's really fun i think you nail you hit the nail on the head especially coming in with so many versions of the band there's like an album for every mood Mm -hmm. um uh, and I, it, while I do think you're saying clarity didn't click for you as an unpopular opinion, I don't think it's an unpopular, I don't know if take is the word. I think it didn't click for so many people. And mm-hmm. you hear the band talk about how, you know, they were pretty sure clarity was just dead in the water. And then what, seven or eight years later, Jim finally realized, oh, people are still talking about two records ago, like how, yeah. how important clarity is. So I, I think it took a long time to click for most people. Um, that's awesome. Uh, if you had to pick one favorite song, what would it be? Right. Oh my gosh. That's so hard. Right now. I, Only right now. Right, right now. And I'm, in two I'm years, you'll listen to, to this and hate your answer anyway. So. Yeah. Um, right now I'm listening to no, never off of damage, like over and over again. Nice. All right, cool. That's, that's my jam right now. Now, uh, this episode is half right. Yes. Um, and, what 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 are your impressions of the song Half Right off of the Stay On My Side Tonight EP? Well, for me, I really enjoy any covers that Jimmy Eat World does because they're so different than the actual song. So mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I didn't know really too much about Half Right until um, just a few days ago. Um, but I did listen to both versions. Um now, listening to the Elliott Smith version, totally different songs, totally different vibes, two totally different songs if you were to listen to them and not know either artist. So that's one thing I really enjoy about any, any covers that Jimmy Eat World does. They're not, they don't really sound like covers, um, but they also, I can't really describe it or like put it into words. It's they have they put their own take on it, but it also feels like they take it personally. Mm. Um, so that's that's what I felt about um, half right. It's interesting. It, it, you're you triggered something that I didn't even mention on the main episode, which is I don't think I knew this was a cover until we started the pod. And yeah. you know, you start researching some things, and they point you in other directions, and you set stuff to the side for later episodes and stuff. Um, I was, and I definitely was like today years old while I was doing the research for this episode when I realized that mm-hmm. Elliot Smith was in the band Heat Miser, which was yes. just, I, I, I just had never put two and two together. So when I searched the song, I was like, oh, cool. Elliot Smith also did a version of the song, <laughs> not yeah. realizing he's the man that wrote the song. 
Um, and so digging into those and then realizing that this is the song referenced on Kill mm-hmm. sort of brought it all uh, uh, full circle. And I just mm-hmm. it just was something I had never considered. So it's uh, it's haunting, right? Like it, it gives is. me like especially like, that it, like we were geeking out over the waves and the and the wind at the beginning of the track of the Jimmy World mm-hmm. version. It's so good. And the orchestra in the back. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. It's it's very, very beautiful. They're two totally like if you listen to them separately, you take some time and you just listen to one and the other. They're two totally different songs. Yeah. We did talk a little bit that this is probably one of the more faithful covers mm -hmm. where Jimmy World didn't write new music to it. Like sometimes they do. Um, Yes. And uh, uh, Last week's episode, when this comes out, will be the Taylor Swift cover, which was also a little more faithful to uh, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together than, say, Firestarter, which is like a completely new composition. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yes, I I concur. I think the way that Jim inhabits the lyrics leads somebody like me to put on Stay On My Side Tonight and say, okay, great, four new songs and a remix. (laughs) Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially not having been familiar with Heat Miser. So that's half right. And yes. finally, what was it? Monday? You got DM'd on Instagram and let's talk about this I, kerfuffle that I, sort of yeah, <laughs> blew up on the talk, Facebook group with your incredible first of all, you're such like you're like a hero of mine. Your dedication oh and wit is was so spot on. Uh I, I I would never have been able to think of the clever things that you said to this person. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Well, I'm sitting at home. Like I said, I, you know, I'm stay at home dog mom. And I get this, uh, I, I just enabled notifications on my phone. So when my friends message me, I know. And I saw, I immediately saw like Jimmy Eat World. I'm like, what is this? Like, did they post something? And I looked and I noticed it was a direct message. And the first thing I see is zero followers, zero posts. <laughs> um, and then Jimmy Eat World 22. And then I read the text and it's like, hello, fans. You know, and immediately I'm like, oh, okay, well, I have to, I want to see where this is going. And I'm I'm texting my friend and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm messaging this, this scammer. And I'm sending him screen sh- screenshots and he's like, all right, well, let's make a bet. Let's see. That's really where this came from was, are they going to ask for nudes or are they going to ask for money? <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it came from. So it, it started off that way. You know, I wanted to see what the end game was. So it started off on Instagram. Um, and he, he was, you know, asking me about me. Another thing I noticed too, that these scammers like to do is they like to they like to like everything that you say. So they put like a little, they send a, like a little heart emoji or oh, whatever. Oh, the double tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm just answering these questions and um, uh, he, eventually it moves to uh, Google Hangouts. Which, so, yeah, I remember that. And it was just yeah. like, I loved the dedication to like, yeah, I had to download Google Hangouts. I didn't have Google Hangouts on my phone. It's I don't not even a supported app anymore. Hangouts. I couldn't believe that you were able to download it. I don't know. I, I don't know how I did that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I downloaded the Google Hangouts. And um, 
I mean, it just, it just kept going. And I had this picture of actually my last Jimmy Eat World concert. I went and saw them at the Crescent Ballroom in Phoenix and I was walking to the bathroom and I actually just ran into, to Jim. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, can I get a picture with you? And I have to say, Jimmy Eat World fans are the best fans. They are so nice. I've never met nicer people in my life. They are just, there's no like judgment or anything. I'm walking to the bathroom and by myself. And this guy's like, do you want me to take the picture for you? Nice. I'm like, that's that would rad. be so nice. So yeah, I, I have this picture of me. Uh, you can actually see the bathroom in the background. Um, <laughs> Destination. <laughs> yeah. So I, I sent this picture and I'm like, do you remember? And he's like, oh my God, of course I do. It's That was such a long time ago. And I'm like, yeah, it's been like, you know, a year and a half or so, but you know whatever. So I'm thinking I want to drop like as much, at this point, I'm thinking I want to drop as much like uh, Jimmy Eat World stuff in here as much as I can to see how much goes over their heads, basically. Right. So, um, yeah, um, it moved on to Google Hangouts. And I'm not kidding. This took, I was on the phone for hours. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm trying to do like laundry and stuff, and I'm like, but I really wanted to know. Like I said, I wanted to know the the end game. Um, so I'm trying to look at uh, the pictures because I can't really m- remember what transpired. Right, and while this start while this was going on, you started to post screenshots and all these receipts to the Facebook group. Yes, and- because it kept it kept getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm like, somebody has to see how ridiculous this is because this is just obscene. And the only people who are going to appreciate this are other Jimmy Eat World fans. (laughs) So I started posting it and then it started picking up traction. So then I was even more committed to going through with the, the scam. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it, it just kept going. I started adding, you know, I, originally I wanted to add lyrics into the actual text messages that were going on. So, you know, one of them was like, I love you guys so much. You've gotten me through some real hard times. You know, work and play, they're never okay to mix the way we do, you know. <laughs> and But that just became very difficult because it's a lot. To think of lyrics right. <laughs> to, to find in a conversation, I would be scrambling all the time. So then I just decided to drop song names. Yeah. So I dropped Feeling Lucky, uh, Nothing Wrong. I think the funniest one was he said something like, uh, I think it was like a translation mishap. It's like something like your integration error. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I'm like, you mean my disintegration error? Yeah, and that was so it was good. perfect. Yeah. Like it really was. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. It was the best. I even feel like he repeated things back, like like really trying to sell up the yes, we are on the same wavelength thing. Oh, totally. It was like you and I, you really get me. And then at one point it was like once he started to say things um, 
you know, like, you know, I appreciate you and try to make it sound like we were, uh, we had this vibe going, like we were connected. Um, you know, I, he started to get real frustrated with me when he realized I wasn't going to pay him $300. Oh, right. So yeah, let's, let's talk about yeah. the $300. So you yes. were given this exclusive access to this fan club yes, and I, I don't course. blame you. Why wouldn't you jump yes. at this opportunity? Mm-hmm. $300 uh, for the fan club. And I, I would be able to download music videos and a ticket to any concert my choice. Which is, and I, I mean, that's a deal. <laughs> yeah. And I would have been issued my very own fan ID. Not a so, fan ID. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I said, I need this. <laughs> I think this might just be what takes my pain away. Like, <laughs> I need it. And... um. So no, he he wouldn't accept no, and then uh, so, but you know, once I said yes, he was he wouldn't let that go, and he's like, oh my god, are you serious? And I'm right. like, yeah, um, are you serious or were you joking? <laughs> right. And I'm like, I would never joke. This. <laughs> I was like, I had money to go. You know, you're so funny, Jimmy. And that's another <laughs> thing too is that. Um, he said his name was Jimmy. Right. So it wasn't just Jim. It was Jimmy. And that's another thing that was like so weird to me because I would never called. No way. Jim. J- yeah. Jimmy. Um, this scammer did not do the research. <laughs> no, not at all. But the Jimmy thing was really funny. Another funny thing too is once he, once I said, okay, I'll, I'll send you the money. He was very like, okay, how are you going to do it? And I already knew what I was going to do. Oh, this is so good. So my money was, my my mode of payment was going to be finger mode, which is not my thing. It's something I found on Instagram. Okay. So I can't take credit for finger mode. But I, I, my husband, I have been waiting my entire life to do finger mode to somebody. So this is like a huge deal for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm so ready. So I'm doing laundry and uh, I'm like, I need to put a Jimmy Eat World shirt on. So I went and grabbed a Jimmy Eat World shirt and I took a picture of my middle finger and I said, okay, I have my finger mode payment. And I sent him a picture of me flipping him off. And I said, congratulations, which is also a Jimmy Eat World. (laughs) So um, even though it kind of ended there, he was still very upset and he, he was like, he was still uh, doing the game. So I was able to get a, a Venmo address um, <laughs> for a lady. I don't even. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. His secretary, maybe. <laughs> yes. His secretary. And, you know, he was still upset. And I think my favorite thing that he said after this whole thing is he, he just goes, oh, my God, why don't you understand me? <laughs> What a tortured artist. the whole entire thing, he's just like, oh my gosh, why don't you get me? Oh my gosh. And then then the great thing is I woke up this morning and Jim had said, uh, because he's like, I really hope that you don't think that, because I had sent, I had messaged Right, yeah, talk about how Jim got involved at all. Okay, so I posted some of this to Instagram. Um, Partly because immediately I'd messaged Jimmy Eat World 
the official account in hopes that they would see it and know that there was a page out there that was pretending to be them. Right. This is before I did all these um, messages and everything and took it to the level that I did. You flagged Jimmy Eat World's personal account, then went on this tirade with this uh, scammer guy, and then Jim got involved. Yeah, so Jim got involved. I started tagging. Um, so I, you know, before all this started, I messaged the band's account just to say, hey, you know, this is what's going on. I didn't expect anything to come out of it, but I also didn't expect to, um, you know, do what I was doing for so long. Um so then I started to share, you know, just some highlights from the conversation on my Instagram stories. And I did tag, you know, the guys from uh, Jimmy World because, you know, I, they're, they're, they're pretty interactive on social media from what I've noticed. And, yep. um, I, I got a DM from Jim saying, you know, I hope that you know that this uh, – you do realize the unverified account Jimmy Eat World 22 with zero followers or posts is not us, I hope. Um, I do like your song title puns. They don't seem to get the joke, though. So, <laughs> did, um, like, As a fan, did you sort of freak out that Jim is like DMing you about this now? Um, I mean, honestly, not really, because my interactions with him, he's always just been like a super humble, nice dude. And I've actually commented on his um, his post a few times, and he's replied a few times. So, I mean, I I, I didn't feel special or anything because I just feel like they're interactive with their their fans. So, uh, I was, you know, uh, I think he was a little irked that somebody yeah. was using their 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 band and to scam people. I think he was a little ticked off i'll bet yeah. Uh, I, yeah i also hope in the back of his mind he's like this was the perfect person for this person to try to scam <laughs> it's I hope, working well, out you know, so well yeah i i hope so and i i hope you know he didn't really say too much after that i did send him the finger mode like the conclusion <laughs> yeah and i you know i wanted there to i wanted there to be some clarity with the situation uh, that i was out. Oh, See, that was not intentional, but I wanted there to be some resolution. And, um, you know, he just laughed. He just sent me a message this morning and said, ha, huh, and that's the end of it. That is how it, 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 <laughs> it ended. So, well, you know. I think that's really cool, uh, that he got involved at all. And, um, I do too. Yeah. Cause that's outside of you commenting on his photo or something. You know what I mean? Like, this was almost like a uh, like a security threat, not a security threat, but you know what I mean. Like this is this is sort of beyond that. This is tier two level. Uh, well, yeah, interaction. I, think it's, I mean, as far as I feel like, in in there's so many different layers to why I did it. One, you know how it's I morally it's wrong to try to scam people, right? Like yep. it's just not nice. To, to try to take somebody else's talent and, and hard work and dedication and then try to make, you know, 300 bucks off of somebody who might just pay that. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's sick. It's, it's sad. I hope that Jimmy gets a job and, you know, does good things. I don't think he will, but. 
No. You never know. Yeah, there's always like the worst people. Like yesterday I was waiting in line for lunch and there were these teens, right? Like who are already like just the most teen teens you've ever seen mm-hmm. because they're like, I think there was like a fairly attractive woman behind me in line, but with like mm-hmm. her guy or whatever. I'm just browsing my phone. And this teen, I don't think was being a joke, like joking, but like ran into a sign because they weren't looking where they were going because I think they were looking at the girl. So already mm-hmm. they're jokesters, right? And I'm on my phone and all of a sudden I see somebody's trying to airdrop me a photo and i'm like it's gonna be these damn teens yeah <laughs> and then i ignore it and i turn off my airdrop and all that stuff and i hear them like oh man oh come on open it open it like i i don't know if they know it's me or whatever but it's just like yeah. teens are the worst and this person was probably a dumb teen like <laughs> i don't know i really I honestly, I don't, the whole thing, I don't know if it was a man or a woman. I don't know. I I don't have any idea who this person is. Yeah. But. Well, what we'll probably do is, uh, because I think the fan community harassed this person enough. uh, I think so. Yeah, I know. Definitely. (laughs) I I posted their email address and their Venmo in the uh, Facebook group. So I hope. I think somebody did request three hundred Yes. So I hope that they have been um, getting a little uh, yeah. a little scared off. Uh, if it's good with you, I think we'll take the. Uh, I'd love to share the screenshots with people that aren't in the Facebook group, and we'll just cover Absolutely. up email addresses and stuff like that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just so hilarious to see this play out. I think you did yeah. an incredible idea. A, a credible job, like m- handling this person and wasting their time, because that's exactly what the goal is, right? Is exactly. keep them yeah. from messing with other people. And, yes, uh, and a hundred percent. For the fan community, I'd like to say thank you. <laughs> and uh, oh, you're so and welcome. I'm glad everybody you got to hear so it nice. from you. So thank um, you. So keep fighting I mean, a good I'm, fight. <laughs> thanks. You know, I I hope from now on I can just get all of the scammers. Yes, please. Jimmy, they can just come directly to me. Don't come to me. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, going to say, we have to get you like a Google Voice number and then just put yes. it on all of the telemarketer lists yes. so that your personal number doesn't get pinged, but you'll just pick up your Google Voice at all times exactly. and just waste people's time. <laughs> yeah. Lita- Everybody has been so nice about it, and I, did, oh, good, I honestly yeah. didn't think I was doing anything special. I really did think it was going to be annoying and people were going to be like, this person is weird, but I did love that everybody enjoyed it and they were, you know, encouraging and they, and I love that a lot of people found it funny because, you know, who doesn't love to laugh? So absolutely. And there were some horror stories. Weren't there people in the comments that said, Oh, I had a coworker. Yes. That got conned out of $20,000 or something. Money's just gone. That's so sad. I just awful. Leah, I know you said there's nothing you want to plug. Is there anything you want to plug? A dog rescue? A, <laughs> a, a anything uh, that we can I point don't. people to? Okay, no worries. I don't have anything. Yeah. Just hang out and say hi on the Facebook group, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. All right, sweet. Well, thank you so much for being on Jimmy Eat Pod, and we hope to talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye.